This is Crewcast, a podcast about the most infamous band in rock history, Motley Fucking Crew. Your resident crew head here, Jason, joined by my fellow crew head, Jesse, of course, the curator of the Motley Cruzeum. And uh, boy, uh, before we get to the end of the topic, of course, we're talking Mick Mars, like our tribute. The news had come out, it's made official about him leaving Motley Crew. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, now available on YouTube as well. You can go check it out there. See Jesse's awesome background. Of course, his custom Kramer guitar, the Theater of Pain one. Check it out, man. Just some cool, cool shit. And and here I am. So, Jesse, funny story. I have a, a, a Mick Mars 1313 shirt, but I mm-hmm. had it before my kids were born. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to wear it today. Like, show Jesse, like, dude, check this out. It's like Mick in the top hat. Yeah, I had it before my kids are born. I've gained about 20 pounds since then. <laughs> so I, I look like the, the cinnamon rolls when it pops open. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like, you know, it's, not, I, it's funny you say that because now um, I get all my stuff that I was going through. And I was like, oh, what would be a cool shirt to wear? And then I forgot that I just I purchased that um, collection of the like the Ed Roth style looking. Um, so that this is my mix shirt for for. For the, oh, for the show, the Nick, that's badass. Drag, drag racer thing there. So, um, yeah, but um, I know there's some shirts that like they were large back in the day. And dude, there was a weird period of time in the '90s where a large was like super huge, so you had to wear mediums. Now mediums are kind of normal again, but it's weird how shirt sizes have changed over the years. All right, uh, society's just gotten bigger, bro. It's just yeah. a fact. Oh shit, howdy! Well, the uh, we were talking yesterday, and uh, were we on the phone or text exchange? That's how crazy my day was. Text exchange, right? Yeah, we were both. Uh, yeah, busy. yeah, we were, yep. Yeah, no, so you know, we, there was a phone call. Yeah, we you called me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, I did. And then uh, after we got off the phone, uh, you know, the post came out, and you had been speculating. I think you hit me up like two weeks ago. You're like, "Yeah, Mick's not going to be in the crew anymore." And it's like, "What? Come on." No, rumors are John five. I'm like, really? Well, the statement has been released, man. Um, So yeah, it's uh, everyone's seen it. Let me ask you, because we haven't since it's been officially announced. How do you feel about the way they did it? Um, It's weird that that it's weird that Mick hasn't put anything. Not that Mick like talks or like, he just seems to me as one of those people that is just not going to give a shit or he doesn't like to put his stuff out. So you know, as someone that's that's worked in the the business, I mean, I know many of big bands where like drummers had left. If people can put this one together, and uh, it was like the statement that it was a back issue or something like, no, they just didn't fucking like each other anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, this was recent, the last three four years. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the health issue, which I mean, really well publicized, uh, ever since the dirt came out, uh, you know, Inky losing spun, spondylitis. I always messed that word up. And I mean, it's, I, yeah, I was concerned before he got out there. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, what funny, to think. He always kind of felt, I felt like he always kind of made it seem like everybody else was making that the issue he never made it the issue um you know that was kind of a lot of way reason why people thought that they were going to do the final tour and then that was it it was always because of mixed health and i mean he straight up said oh man i plan on going out and doing my own thing when 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 that's time 
has come and uh he's been dealing with it for years i mean obviously yeah he's getting older and stuff but um i just thought there'd be a little bit more i mean all the guys in the band have just shared the band statement yeah you know um and there's no really no heartfelt uh yeah, they say he's still in the band. He's just not going to tour. But that's all they do now is tour. Yeah, there's no music. There's no music coming out of these guys. And, and to be honest, any of the music that's come out in the past, <laughs> however many years, is it is it really what we remember as Motley? You know, so yeah, um, yeah, good, but not the top notch. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very, and I think we had this discussion reflective of the past as opposed to where they're at now or things to say about, you know, speak on now. Um, right. But yeah, it, it really was kind of a um, interesting statement. You're right. You know, uh, yeah, they say while uh, change is never e- easy, we accept mixed decision to retire from the band due to the challenges with his health. You know, uh, they state that they've watched Mick handle it with the utmost courage and grace. All true stuff there uh, to say enough is enough is the ultimate act of courage. Uh, Mick's sound helped to find Motley Crue. Yeah. Uh, from the minute he plugged his guitar in at our very first rehearsal together, the rest, as they say, is history. We'll continue to honor his musical legacy. Uh, we'll carry out Mick's wish and continue to tour the world as planned in 2023. So, I mean, maybe that is, you know, as, as simple as it is, it's, it might be his wish. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a little weird that there's not really something from Mick per se, mm-hmm. but again, it's Mick, you know, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. he always did his talking through his guitar. So, but I also wonder too, you know, he's got that solo album coming out and maybe just the world tour is a bit too much. Maybe he'll do hey, some yeah, more I mean, stuff. I think I mentioned it on one of our last um, talks that he they were promoting it on the stadium tour. There was a big, um, you know, on the screens in between in between bands that it was 2023 with, with um, a character, a Mick, with the album, you know, that. The album has been talked about for a long time and that, that just kind of seemed to me like oh it's finally going to happen and then there was no talk of that tour continuing into the next uh year um you know and then you get the european dates and everything and then south america being announced shortly after yeah and well, kind of I- wonder why wouldn't they announce that mick before that you know yeah i think i have they have their reasons and uh, i don't want to <laughs> speculate on that and like i told you before i'm not gonna sit here and trash talk and uh, give some of the opinions it's so, so such a new thing right now too and, and i think we said we'll just make this a total tribute to mick but um yeah it's just kind of it hit it hit me differently than i thought i mean i always thought that one of those guys leaving they definitely wouldn't split up they would continue on i honestly just didn't think it was going to be mick because <laughs> no. he's got to study stuck through everything you know i thought maybe tommy um or even vince you know but you know nikki's always going to be there obviously but um yeah so yeah no i i felt the same way and and in thinking about it maybe it's just like uh mick's been the good soldier man i mean you know such a talented guy and i think it I think, you know, he always did what was right for the songs. And again, it's why I like the Motley Crue album, because you really hear a lot of different Mick Mars. You know, you hear a bigger range and 
and and at the same time, maybe it's just a perfect time for him with the album coming out to go, you know, hey, this is it, Mick Mars has a right to shine come the end. And not that he right. didn't shine in Motley Crue performances because uh, he he did uh, live yeah. and on albums. But, you know, to show who and what he is and, and leave that out there on the table. Like you said, he's 71 years old now, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right, too. I think. This is his time to, if, if he is going to, hopefully get the album out and um, maybe, I don't want to know about a tour, but do do some sort of live show, maybe like a stream thing that he's like in a Nashville club, you know, like a, a one-time thing where there is an audience and it can be filmed and and put out there uh, some somehow. And, and he can continue to do what he does. Because I know, yeah, the rigors of touring is definitely not something that uh, he needs to really put up with. Yeah. And uh, I just I'd love for him to get his music out there and, and maybe maybe hopefully, as he's always said, he's working on that book that, uh, you know, it'll be on his deathbed that he's finished writing it. It'll finally come out when it's gone. I don't know that he's actually ever really put anything down. Uh, um, I feel like that guy's lived so many lives, you know, before he was in the crew and he was in so many bands and being as old as he was back then. and you know, mature than those guys and been through it and done it. And that's why he was always the old man sitting back, just laughing at these young dudes, making fools of themselves. <laughs> you know, he did all that in the seventies, you know, and those, yeah. guys when, those guys weren't even in bands yet. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hope, I hope that, I hope we still see some more stuff from him. You know, I hope he hasn't just kind of stopped altogether. No. Yeah, I got a uh, on my streaming app, uh, my music streaming service. I've got a whole playlist just of Mick Mars stuff that he's kind of done with other people. And, yeah, and, you know the solo stuff and like uh, bittersweet, you know. And I, I just look forward to that. I just I love the guy's guitar playing. Yeah. And still, one of my stupidest things I ever did in radio was trust an engineer that all of our uh, audio files were backed up. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. The interview I did with Mick, uh, it was supposed to be 10 minutes. I, he gave me an hour. Um, you know, I started off telling him, you know, you're my Jeff Beck. And I can almost hear the smile over the phone. And he really has been. I mean, my two favorite guitar players, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Mick Mars. And, um, you know, so for me, it's kind of kind of is that bummer. Like, man, you know, well, what if they did come back to the States and maybe did go back to arenas or continue stay? You know, it's like. Shit, man, I don't, I don't know that I'll ever get to see this man play again, and it's kind of that take it for granted kind of situation, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's funny you say the Jeff Beck. Um, I, I know you don't. You've always told you got the, the the fact that you got the chance to tell him that is huge. And my, my kind of connection to that was I just saw Jeff Beck a couple of weeks ago. Really? Um, kick, uh, no, he didn't kick his tour off, but he probably midway through his tour and then uh, I, I want to say it's probably one of the first nights that Johnny Depp joined him um so me and my girl went went into Boston and saw that show um I took her for her birthday and dude I mean I like Jeff Beck if you've never seen Jeff Beck live you you have to see him live dude it's unbelievable and the compact I I now get when Mick says that was his dude it's just he just sounds so huge, man. Yeah. So huge. The, and he plays with his fingers. He's going to use a pick. Yeah. Um, just un unbelievable, dude. I was blown away. 
I, yeah. I really, truly was. And you know, honestly, the Johnny Depp stuff, you know, they put an album on some of the newer stuff that they wrote. It's a little, it's a little, um, whatever, you know. And then there was, there was definitely a crowd there for that. Um, but just him going back through his back catalog. And dude, he had a, a, a chick singer and bass player up there, just a three piece. And it sounded like a, you know, a full on five, six piece band up there, man. The way he, he plays. And, and I was just sitting there going, I, I get, why Mick, you know, idolized that guy. It was yeah. uh, seeing him live. You know, I mean, I have all the, all the albums and stuff, and I've listened to his music forever. And that, you know, the Yardbirds and the Rod Stewart stuff, and all that stuff that he did. But um, yeah, Mick, Mick definitely has has a little bit of um, a little bit of back in him, man. Yeah, was, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's funny you bring that up. Yeah, people forget that. Like, what? Uh, yeah, Yardbirds wasn't he? It was the Faces with Rod Stewart, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that, and then, um, and then he just yeah, did Yardbird so much. Like the, the breeding ground, I think was a Clapton and page. Yeah. Just paid. They had a, all those guys started out in that band and then went on just to form massive mega influential, you know, rock, heavy rock, hard, hard rock, heavy metal stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting. We talk about like influences for Mick cause he had just the, the right influences. Um, to be so different for the time too, when right. Motley came right. out, you know, and not that he totally. couldn't play blistering leads and solos, but he just knew where to put the right notes that, that complemented the yeah. songs, you know. What I, what I liked too, what I've kind of noticed a lot in recent years, because I've just started kind of getting into guitar, gotten away from bass that I've been playing my whole life, and just revisiting Eddie Van Halen's, you know, mastery and Nick. Like, even though he didn't ever really play like Eddie, I think he appreciated his tone mm. and a lot of what he used. I mean, he was using those Kramers. He was using the same, you know, kind of similar setup, the Super Strat, you know, the, and then using the Floyd and stuff. He kind of uh, embraced that. What, what I think a lot of people don't realize about Eddie Van Halen. I mean, yeah, he had the tap on and he was flashy and he wrote great tunes. Um, but that tone. And, and usually it's just guitar players that are like, oh, there's the, there's the Brown sound from the David Lee Roth years. Um, you know, the Frankenstrat and him, you know, kind of coming up with that style of guitar before it was around. It was just a Strat and a Les Paul. And then you have Eddie Van Halen made the Super Strat, which was a Les Paul pickup and a Strat. And, you know, Mick, after he gets rid of the Les Paul on the first two albums, he goes to Theater of Pain and he's got this Kramer Super Strat. Yeah. You know, he basically had the Eddie Van Halen guitar. And, um, kind of had that sound but it was it was mick you know it was like mick you know like i always say the, the song comes from the fingers it's not the pickup or the amp or even the guitar but um the tone is there but that sound mick's sound definitely um when he started incorporating that in the mid 80s um it was a uh, was a different a different sound i think from those like then those first two albums you know that, that's why i think they're so different too yeah. You know, because of the sound of the guitar. Well, I think, yeah, as, as, you know, more success came and money started flooding in, it was clear that he really continued to experiment uh, with stuff, you know, the, 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 you know, the stack of marshals and the sounds that he would get. And you can really pick up different tonalities in the albums if, if you yeah. really listen and put, go from kind of song to song and, even some of the approach and techniques, he was just always ever expanding and bringing something new. Like I always encourage people, you want to know what he brought to songs, 
find the demo tracks. They're on lines. They're, they're on special albums. And then listen to the final one and you go, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> you know, so uh, it, uh, yeah, magical guitar player. Uh, speaking of, well, the statement also included, uh, of course, um, the announcement of John Five agreed to come on board and join us. Uh, we'll see you all, all you crew heads out there on the road, Vince, Tommy and Nikki. John Five said, I'm honored to carry on Mick's legacy, and I'm look for, looking forward to playing these songs. Um, that's his statement. So you speculated that. You were telling me that like a month ago. Hey, dude, I think John Five's going to play with Motley Crue. And I'm like, no, nah, they're just hanging out because <laughs> I like to be dumb and ignorant. That, that was, yeah, you know, it was the, the rumors, the industry rumors that first came out that I never even said anything to anybody because they were kind of like, all right, yeah, this is probably going to happen, but. Yeah, you never know. Um, and the fact that it was John Five, knowing how close he is to some of the guys in the band, and then when they went down for Tommy's birthday, and there were photos, and Mick wasn't there, and John Five was there, and everybody's like, "Oh, see," and it was like, "Yeah, it's the writing's kind of on the wall." Do you kind of wish maybe somebody else, other than an already established guitar player, and in my eyes, somebody that's not even really even close to what Mick was about, you're not going to, I mean, obviously you're not going to find any, anybody to replace him. Exact, yeah. exactly. But, um, I just, I, I kind of was thinking maybe Ashba, DJ Ashba, um, yeah. you know, cause even before they did the final tour, I always thought that with 6am when 6am was torn with them, it was always like, well, if anything ever happened to Mick, they got DJ on tour. They could kind of, he could just kind of jump in and step in. And, but then he went to play with Guns N' Roses and, um, you know, hey man, somebody that can fill in on Slash's shoes could probably do Mick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I think DJ's a great, great player. I've been a fan of him since he was in Beautiful Creatures back in the day. And uh I I honestly thought that that would have been been the replacement. John Five just really kind of it threw me for a loop. Um, yeah, I think just because they had been uh, maybe him, uh, John Five, Nikki, and Tommy, you know, they'd all kind of been compatriots for a long time. And um, I, ironically enough, I was just popping something up on YouTube. And the first thing that came up was when uh, John Five was on Sixth Sense and uh, he was playing uh, like favorite guitar riffs, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, this is like five years ago. So you could, you know, maybe see the inklings of stuff. And another indicator that I was not aware of, of course, the Aftershock Festival, which is about two and a half hours north of me every year. I didn't get to go this year, but uh, John Five wasn't there to play guitar. It was Riggs, the guy that played with Zombie 20 years ago, was there on guitar. So, you yeah. know, had I maybe pieced some stuff together when you had brought that up, I probably would have went, oh, shit, man, you're right. You know, if you if you Yeah, that's what people thoughts. were saying, that he wasn't out with Rob and that um... – and, and you know, again, everybody's got their reasons, or you know, excuses. I should say when they're, when they're trying to keep keep it hush hush. Like, oh yeah, no, it was because of this. It was because of that. But I, I honestly do think it was because he was prepping, and he's probably in rehearsing with those guys um, this whole time. Um, you know, yeah, I get, I get it. Like, I think it's just more or less because they're they're buddies with him, and he uh, obviously like is quoted as him being one of his influences. And he, I mean, he plays a telly, you know, and, you know, Mick had his telly style guitars um, there for a little while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I didn't really follow John five too much. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like he's very technical. 
Oh, yes. You know, a lot of people that I know that like them are, you know, guitar players. Um, and yeah, I've, I've seen them live a bunch because I've seen Zombie. Um, prior to White Zombie, I saw White Zombie a bunch of times. And then, you know, the whole time he's been with, with, with him, um, I think he, he's been the guitar player. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to, how it's going <laughs> to, how we're going to feel about seeing him up there with those guys, you know. Yeah, I guess we'll just come to find out, won't we? I mean, uh, you know, I get it from from a presentation standpoint because John Five is theatrical. Um, Quote me if I'm wrong, but you know, my brain, which I, uh, you know, hey, I imbibed a lot of alcohol for about a decade, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, (laughs) So some of my memories are not the best, but you know, I think John Five, Nikki Six, picking the name, you know, it's the band overall, an influence on him. And so, yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, what are we going to do? It's like the inevitability. Everybody, but like you said, Nikki, you know, Nikki's not in Motley Crue, it's not Motley Crue. Uh, you know, so this is just, <laughs> we don't have a choice, Jesse. This well, that's why I thought if it was, you know, Mick not leaving the band, but just not touring with the band, wouldn't you just have a hired gun? Yeah. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have, you know, it's like you got Pantera right now. You got Rex and Phil going out with Zach and Charlie Benante. Yeah. As Pantera, as a tribute to Pantera, because those guys aren't around anymore. But, you know, the whole time, after dying, Vinny was like, it's not happening. It's not, it's not happening. He wouldn't go out there even with Zach um, because it's like, you know, Zach is Zach and yeah, you're paying tribute to somebody, but this is just like, you know, this is, it, it, it's kind of like with, you know, Aerosmith and Joey Kramer is now not, he's in the band, but he doesn't play live. So his drum tech is playing, you know, like that makes more sense to me. You're not putting like, or I guess you get, you know, Bond, um, what's called? Brian Johnson, yeah, can't play live anymore. So they bring in Axl Rose like that. I kind of guess I feel the same way about this as I did that. I was like, dude, it's Axl Rose, and he sounds a lot like Bon Scott and maybe kind of Brian Johnson. But I was, I just, I, I wanted nothing to do with that. I was just like, dude, if I'm going to see ACDC, I want to see Brian Johnson up there singing, not Axl right. Rose. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's hard to. It's hard to throw it out there that like, yeah, like that's a good point with Pantera that, you know, we're seeing Pantera. No, we're seeing two of the two of the guys with some awesome players that are there kind of paying tribute to it. Yeah. And, and Zach Wilde is one of my, you know, top five guitar players of all time. Um, and I love seeing him play, seeing him with Ozzy, seeing him with BLS. Uh, didn't see the, the Pantera because I didn't hit the festival. But yeah, it's like... Uh, it's still just a tribute at the end of the day. So this is just yeah. kind of, it's, it's just, it's a tribute and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just is. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I feel like I'm being, you know, you're probably in the same boat as me and we're both rowing down this river as super fans. Like we're going to see it differently than, yeah. than, than a lot of people out there. And, um, you know, I don't want to, I'm not nagging on the band at all no. or they're going to, they're going to move forward. This is, this is how they make their living and stuff, you know, but it's like every band has their ideal situation and this band has never done what <laughs> anybody else wanted them to do. So I don't expect them to. Um, it's uh, just another page, another chapter in the, in the Motley Crue history. Yeah. Um, I mean, between you know, hey, that. I, somebody even said, why didn't they get Karabi? 
<laughs> and I was like, dude, like, that would have been awesome. But who's to say Karabi would have wanted to do that? Yeah. So, I don't I don't think he would have wanted to do that. Um, it would have been cool. And then maybe, yeah, they could have, you know, Vince could have stepped off and maybe they could have done some of the 94 stuff that would have been, it would have been killer. But um, yeah, I don't, you know, if we ever get a chance to talk to John, maybe we could ask him if that's something <laughs> he would have done. But, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, what could have, should have, could have happened. And you never know when maybe John five could be filling in this tour next tour. They do, they get somebody else. It could be like a guest spot. Who's going to fill in for Mick this year? You know, it could be something like that. And, and then, you know, we could be looking back on this going like, yeah, see, it wasn't that bad. And I'm yeah. sure Mick's still back collecting his royalty checks and <laughs> still making money off the band. Yeah, every time he hits stage, anything with the writing credit, for sure, he's getting something. And, of course, the stage yeah. presence. I know that, uh, you know, talking about this makes me think of Kiss, like people like, Exactly. God, kiss. You know, they said a farewell. I'm like, well, technically, the farewell tour was a farewell tour. What? What do you mean? I go. uh, Peter Chris was gone, and then Ace Freely was gone, and And then they replaced them, and now this is the farewell from these new guys. Yeah. And so these guys stepped into the characters, and granted, you know, Ace was smarter because Ace still leases his likeness to Kiss, whereas Peter sold his. So. Oh really? Yeah. So it's. uh, It, it, yeah so you know it, it just is it's a big business it keeps moving uh, you know some of these bands that i've seen that have replaced people you show up to a festival or a concert and i've gone with people and um you know they're like oh well, what, what do you think i'm like yeah it's cool but it's a little different without the original drummer what they don't even notice and yep. so a lot of people <laughs> might just be showing up oh def leppard and motley crew cool and not yeah. even notice and that's just a reality that we have to live with too. Is that not everybody's yeah, yeah, at the like same said, level of fandom? Super fan, when you're a super fan and you know everything about the band, you're you're gonna critique it and you know have a different view from you know from the peer. You know, it's like I'll I'll do that when I go to shows and I start talking to people and they're like, oh shit, you know a lot about this band, you know. And then I'll like I'll peel my arm up and show my Alistair tattoo. And be like, I should, man. I got these guys tattooed on my arm. It's right it's been part of my life for so long and you know, I don't expect everybody to know as much as I do. Um, or you're talking to somebody and they're a super fan of another band. I can then relate to them and go, dude, that's how I am about this band. Um, and then, so then when I do connect with a crew fan, it's um, like, you know, you and I, when we start talking, it's like, and you go back when you share childhood memories with the band and we've been connected for that long. Um, it's, it's it's cool because you know oh, this person gets me they get why <laughs> yeah. yeah we do and it always seems to connect over some like whatever the hell was going on at that time that is like the the ultimate just a great place a healthy place of escapism you know that ironically led you into what you do and then you know working for motley crew or with vince neal directly and then uh you know, I was a guy that just loved music and the radio and, and to end up doing that, you know? So it's, it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how stuff sometimes comes full circle that way. So, right. you know what? It's also a sign of Jesse. What's up? We ain't getting any younger brother. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, that's the thing, man, with these bands, like the fact that a lot of these bands are still around out there doing, you know, so it's funny. I went and saw Jeff back and as I'm at the back show, I'm looking up at the reader for the Judas Priest is playing there the next week. And in that same week, Iron Maiden was playing. 
And in that same week, Skid Row was down in Connecticut. So it was literally within four days, there were these bands I would have liked. I mean, with the exception of Judas Priest, I'd already seen all these bands. And I was supposed to go to Maiden. I had a ticket. My buddy got me, but my schedule right now and it was a, it was a school night <laughs> I, I couldn't make it but the fact that you can still go see these bands whereas like growing up when these bands were at their height in the early 80s mid 80s you couldn't go see led zeppelin you couldn't go see black sabbath with ozzy you couldn't go see Jimi hendrix the Do- those bands were gone their yeah. their flame burnt out quick yeah. So the fact that these bands are still doing it, and again, going back to the Kiss thing and even Motley right now, I'm not going to knock it because they're out there doing it still. They're presenting it the way they want to present it. It's their band, whether it's the same members or not. You know, they're doing their thing. You know, freaking David Lee Roth, Van Halen, and stuff, yeah. Sammy Hagar. You know, Bon Scott passes away and comes Brian Johnson. Ronnie James Dio takes over. For, you know, they were always like a different band that wasn't the same, but the name stayed the same and now it's like yeah like you said <laughs> the name is there and you get like foreigner there's not one original member in that band. <laughs> right. you know? or you get like the, the la guns and now you get riley's la guns you get two different versions of the bands and uh, I think great and white two different great versions. white is another one yeah, yeah you know it's like jack russell's great okay. white than the other one with you know yeah, yeah. And it's like you like this like me like some of these bands like i don't want to see them even if they're still out like priest i'm like oh, i wanted to see priest but glenn tipton's you know has health issues not on tour kk downing's not on the band anymore i would have loved to have seen them on the uh screaming for vengeance tour but i was seven you know like, <laughs> right. you have that album though i want to listen to that album and i'm not 17 to enjoy the concert the way i would have liked to when you go to see it now so i'm just as happy just sitting back having a beer or you know just relaxing and listening to that music and then maybe reminiscing about being young you know i don't have to go to the concert and, and see it but the bands that i i haven't seen that are still together like you know, going to see back or um i'm trying to think of the last band that i hadn't seen it was probably maiden actually when i first saw maiden it had been a while um because once i started going to concerts and i was old enough he he was out of the band for a short period of time. Bruce Bruce Dickinson. Right. And then when he came back, I got to I got to see me with Dio and Motorhead, and that was a great concert to go see. So, um, you know, the fact that Mick was able to play as long as he was in his 70s, man. You know, I mean, look at the rest of the guys like Tommy. Is Tommy going to be 71 still playing in Crew? He's going to yeah. be able to play as good. I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, and you bring up like he, Motorhead, another one of my all-time favorite bands. And um, yeah, I mean, Lemmy had to go through lineup changes. So he did, you know, as much as from three-piece to four-piece, back to three-piece, switching out players. And I mean, I was glad that when I finally got to see him, I mean, I think the best version of the band, you know, just before uh, Lemmy died, you know, was able to see him twice. So, you know, and I mean, gosh, Mickey D, what a, an amazing drummer. Of course, now playing with the Scorpions. So, you know, I mean, there's another band that went through changes. Like you mentioned, Judas Priest, so many different people. Uh, you know, I saw, first time I saw Skid Row was back in the 90s, and that was a different band then, too. So, you know, what... Uh, yeah, I never got to see Skid, Skid Row with Bach. I saw them with Salinger. Same. Um, because he was doing a bunch of he did a few albums with them and he toured with them for longer than Sebastian was ever in the band. And yeah. that new guy, the new dude, he sounds just like Sebastian Yeah, and uh, they got a new album on it. Sounds like the old stuff. So I think that's what you're going to see from these bands now that like, 
you know, the people want to hear the way they sounded. So you're going to have to replace them with younger people. Um, you know, because there's some of these guys. I mean, Mick kind of outlived Lemmy in age-wise. I think wasn't Lemmy 70 or 69? What did he make it to 70? Gosh, I don't remember, but it, yeah, it was somewhere near there. I mean, that was amazing in itself. I mean, he know? drank and smoked up until the day. He died. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Nick probably had a drink or a cigarette in probably 30 years. So, um, yeah, you know, Lemmy was born uh, 45, so whatever that math died in 2015. So. You know, I mean, whatever the math is on that. So, I think, yeah, I think he died. Um, I think he passed like right before his birthday or right after his birthday. Yeah. And he just turned 70. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, let me, uh, like I got too many stories about that guy. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> never got to meet him just from working in the business. You know, oh, too okay. many people with just great stories. You know, uh, yeah. fuck. one of them, a great radio show, uh, Full Metal Jackie, Jackie Kaiser. And it's uh, like out of KL, KSLA or I forget what it is, but I carried it on the radio station. I programmed and having Lemmy on when this figure came out and he's like, what is it cock on this thing, Jackie? And she's like, well, it's a figure for people. It's an action figure for people. And he goes, no cock. I guess it's an inaction figure, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dude, he is the king of the one-liners. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that decline of the Western civilization. They're like, what do you think about the pretty bands out there? He's like, good luck to him. Wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the bands that rip you off? Yeah, good luck to him. Maybe they'll do something I can rip off someday. I mean, dude, he just he had the best attitude. Oh yeah, did what he did, man. And um, anyway, so you know, hey, hell of a hell of a performing live career for Mick. Doesn't mean you know the statement like we said that we don't know. Maybe he will do some at least a one off for the album, or maybe some spot shows here and there. Uh, but uh, man, yeah. It's it's it it hit me this morning knowing we were going to talk about this. I'm like my favorite living guitar player. Yeah, him and Stevie Ray Vaughan. It depends, you know. It's like, yeah. man, I don't know that I'll ever see him again. Granted, I saw a Crew. I think it was 16 times. Um, I'd have to go back and figure it out, but it's like <laughs> kind of took that for granted. Yeah. Oh, huh. Well, Somber. Yeah, if he does something. And it's like a one-off in Nashville. I mean, you were gonna go. Make a pilgrimage down to wherever it is. And, right. uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm not saying that I know anything, but uh, it would be cool if he, um, you know, because Nashville, he lives in Nashville or outside of, you know, um, and there's all kinds of shit going on there. And I know in the past he's jumped up and and done stuff. And you know, like I said, if it's a one-off or um, a residency type thing somewhere. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm calling up my Bostonian friend. Yeah, <laughs> and my and my brother lives in Indiana, so I know he would fucking go because he's always in in Nashville. Him and my sister in law. So, yep. Oh, cool. right on. Well, thanks for jumping on. It seems only appropriate kind of finish up with, uh, you know, on with the show, man. Uh, Jesse, people want to find out what, man, I know you're closing up, like, like not taking clients for the rest of the year, but, uh, tell them about, uh, Jesse's customs and yeah, Jesse's custom design, uh, .net is the website and you can make social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then the Motley Cruiseum is, uh, 
exclusively on Instagram, and that's the Motley Crue collection. Uh, Why would you put that on Facebook? Too much work. I, you know, I wanted to originally. Um, I don't know. That was just on this like Facebook, like Instagram kick, and then it seemed like Facebook and Instagram were kind of the same thing. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I have thought about actually making a, making a Facebook page because everything that you. You, you can post to Instagram, then it'll automatically go to the Facebook page. Uh, maybe easier to put galleries. You know, I have like a shirt. Get it. it. It would make sense. I just never did it. <laughs> All right. Well, when you get okay. that little inkling of free time, I I urge it because uh, most of the listeners for Crewcast they're in a lot of the different Facebook groups and sharing the content, so they are appreciated. And of course, uh, Crewcast Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Crewcast, and uh, hey, the podcast of course uh, available now on YouTube as well. Check it out. Also, Crewcast there on uh, YouTube. Anything else, my friend? Thanks for all the years, Mick. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Signing off. All right. On that note, crew heads are best. Fuck the rest. <laughs>